People say time is relative, and I'm always like, which relative? Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Well, hello, magical makers. Welcome to another episode of Knit a Spell. This month, we're doing things a little bit differently. We have so much great content from this past year that Jim and I were just saying it would be so nice if we could reminisce on some of our favorite moments. So this month, we'll be exploring some of our best moments from 2021 so far. First up, we feature one of your favorite co-hosts, James Devine, with The Best of Jim 2021 as our episode 29 feature. I hope everyone enjoys diving into some of my favorite moments of Jim. And if you have any additional moments that you'd like to add, remember, you can always drop us an email at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com. Let's start by diving into one of my favorite silly little moments from episode three, Jim the Magician. What is a divine hand, Jim? (laughs) (laughs) I know that might sound like a loaded question. (laughs) I feel like that needs to be on a discovery special. The North American divine hand, Jim, lives a lifestyle. (laughs) We see him hosting the Meta Mystic here on Tuesday. Again. (laughs) It seems to be his routine. In his natural (laughs) habitat. That's right. The intranet. Yeah. Of the internet. That's right. Episode three contained a lot of great information about how Jim got his start, specifically this story. Right. You asked the question of how I got into the magical realm, and it's slightly different than palmistry. Mm. Meaning how I got into the spiritual realm is more of an umbrella than how I got into palmistry. Uh. And I think palmistry is an expression of my spiritual explorations, not the other way around. Are hands really the only part of the body that can be read? Why not the feet? Well, Jim sheds light on that one. Enjoy. Why is it, do you think the hands include so much information about us? Like, is it, why is it the hands specifically, would it be the same with like the feet or or another body part? Like why the hands? Yeah, no, it wouldn't be the same with any other body part, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. Here's why. Everything you do, Mm. you're doing with your hands. So Mm. let's talk about the biology. Let's just talk about um, the the physiology, the anatomy of the hand. Mm. Oh, I guess that's the third thing that I bring to palmistry is my pre-med studies, because I was going to (laughs) be in med school. So I'm bringing the anatomy and the body language with the metaphysics and the sociology together. So I love that sort of trifecta, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, the area of the body that has the most anatomical articulations, and that means where two bones join together, um, is the the fasciocranial structure. So your head, Mm. right? Because there's all these like like fissures between the plates of the skull and all these little like fissures between the face, all the stuff. But none of those are active. None of those move. They're all like very stationary Mm. articulations, right? And so they're only articulations from a a, um, anatomical perspective. They're not actually moving. Mm. You have... A lot of articulations in your spinal column, which is all the bones that are connected and all the tiny muscles, Hmm. 
And those don't, those move, but they don't move with the same level of articulation as mm. the hand. Yeah. You have a, a very similar number of articulations and little bones and things in your feet. But again, the feet mm. don't move as precisely and as diversely as the hands. Mm. So although you have these places in the body that have all these like, like articulations, it's mm. the hands that are most, quote, articulate in their dexterity, mm. in their ability to move and to do different Ooh, things. Expressive. Exactly. Yeah. And cool. we express ourselves with our hands, right? Yeah. I'm not throwing my feet up being like, yay! <laughs> right? That'd be something else I'd be doing. Um, <laughs> I'm not like gesturing, like, go that way with my big toe, right? I would do that if I didn't have arms or sure. hands, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um but if you have hands, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna use them. You use them to ride your motorcycle, play your guitar, type on your computer, hover over your mouth, knit, take care a of yourself. Shawl, yeah, exactly. Wash your body, touch your lover, hmm. um, gesture and articulate. Like you can just you can say two words with just one finger gesture, right? Yeah, you, you sure can, can just you know, good job. You can just put up that thumb. What were you thinking? What? Uh, the pointer ah, finger, you. right? No. That way. Point, point, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, that way. Yeah. I'm going to walk yeah. over here. You you weren't thinking of the middle finger and the oh, F-U. No. 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 Oh, no. So I was thinking, thank you. Point at you. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. <laughs> so you have, we have these gestures that actually mean words, right? And they're really powerful. Yeah. So I mean, whole language is in just your hands. Yeah. We have sign language. It just mm-hmm. uses our hands, right? So Gosh, yeah. the hands are incredibly powerful. There's lots of symbolism with the hands. There's a ton of magical symbolism with hands. Mm. So the hands have been sacred and and amazing like symbols and archetypes forever. And yet we don't we don't watch the hands for clues except in a general sense. We are mm. we are programmed to watch your face. My unconscious mm. programming, my mirror neurons in my brain are coded to watch your face for facial expressions and micro expressions to know whether you like what I'm saying or not, hmm. which is a problem when we're wearing masks or we're, when we're on zoom and there's a delay, right? It's yes. part of this issue. Hmm. We are not, our mirror neurons are also coded for general body language, but not for the nuances of hand gesture. Wow. So your hands will give away all of your unconscious like self. Oh, that's why it's like a big tell when you're like a poker player or like why they're so meaningful for like dancers and figure skaters. Any of the one who does choreography and and hula dancing. Oh, blowing my mind. Yes. So all of these things. And so then the hands tell the story because they also will rat you out. If you start, if you go from being uh, in the, in a desk job to like being a bricklayer Hmm. your hands are going to change every day. You're like, you know, moving those bricks and handling those bricks and your hands are going to become more muscular. The skin is going to become rougher and tougher. Mm. You're going to, you know, totally, if you're a gardener, if you start playing guitar, you're going to get those guitar playing calluses that Mm. I can always identify. So these are things that are just like, like things that happen, but it happens on a micro level. 
Hmm. If you're having stress and your stress level has changed, your hands are going to be gripping that steering wheel and you're commute to <sighs> yeah. work or, oh. or doing something and it's going to show up. So yeah. these are all the reasons why and more the hands ends, end up being a really amazing way to read uh, people. So then we have the metaphysical side, which is each of the fingers is associated with a planetary archetype. Mm. And it's funny how the planetary archetype matches how we use the finger in our society. So yeah. the index finger is Jupiter. Jupiter is seen as the leader, as uh, authority, but also, I mean, I think of Zeus, the ancient mm. Greek, right? But yeah. also in more modern times in astro astro astrology, would think of it as expansion and luck and fortune. And that's how we expand things. We use that index finger to pry things open. We point the way and direct people with that index finger. Mm, and yeah. so I, I don't want to get into all the nuts and bolts of it now, but basically every finger matches how we use it in society. And it just is mind-blowing. Ah, so you practice magic and you have a lot of items left over after doing a candle spell or some sort of ritual. What do you do with these items for disposal? Jim has an amazing suggestion on Episode 6, Master Mercury in Retrograde. Um, one of the things we have, we have this going all the time as we do magic. And I, as I do a candle spell, my candle spell is over and I have all this melted wax on my plate. Or I have... Uh, odds and ends or whatever sorts of things are a result of a magical working that I'm doing. What do you do with that stuff? I put, we have a burn box. It's actually a burn bag Ooh. and we have a special paper bag that is from the grocery store, but we have consecrated it by putting little uh, dots of oil on it and a big like symbol on it. You can even turn them inside out. Um, and that becomes a magical bag for your remains of whatever ritual or magical stuff you've done. Oh. And so burning your burn box or your burn bag during this time outside or in a really good fireplace, although wax right. will drip all over. So it's better to do it at a campfire. Be smart as about we're it. Getting, yeah. Be smart about it. As we're getting into nicer weather, it's a great opportunity. If you're going to mm. have a campfire, if you're going to go to the beach, if you're going to go do something, you can put those on a ritual fire and, you know, uh, use your burn box that way. Oh my gosh. That actually, I, I've not to like interrupt your flow here, Please, but I have wondered often, like, what am I supposed to do with this now? And I'm always like, Oh my, I can't just throw it out. And so I usually yes. try to find like a place in nature to put it when it's safe to do so. But that's a great idea. I love yeah. the, that burn box. It's the so number smart. one question that people ask is what do I do with the remains from my magic work? Mm -hmm. Right. If you did an intention sigil or if you did knot magic, if you had a piece of yarn and you tied seven knots in it, and in each knot, you put a little intention with a piece of paper and mm -hmm. you have it hanging in your window. It's a cool thing we could talk about one day. And then all of your things come to pass and that's done. What do you do with it? Uh, yeah. Right? right? So this is a great opportunity. But it also speaks to something that... I would also like to talk about it in a future episode. Mm -hmm. This is why using natural fibers yeah. and using beeswax or soy wax or natural waxes rather than uh, um, uh, paraffin mm -hmm. is really a great and important thing to do. If you're using beeswax, <clears throat> you can bury beeswax in a really great location and not be polluting. There you go. But you yeah. cannot do that with paraffin. 
One episode in particular I remember having a lot of fun recording was episode 15, Spilling the Tea on Past Clients. In this story, I ask Jim about some of the more unique features he's found on Palms throughout the years. Turns out the uniqueness is not unique. So, okay, so I want to know from you, you know, now that you've seen a lot of people's hands and after getting my palm reading with you, I realize, you know, both of our palms are not the same. Like you have two different hands totally. Um, Mm -hmm. Didn't realize that. Uh, So now I'm kind of wondering now that you're the expert of palms and hands generally, uh, what are some unique features you've seen in people's hands as you've been doing readings and whatnot? Right. Yeah. Well, I've certainly seen a lot of things. Um, that I've only ever seen once having something unique on your hand is surprisingly not unique. I mean, (laughs) I know that's weird, but lots of people have uh, something on their palm Mm -hmm. that no one else has. And, and I, I think in a way take that and know that like you are like, I don't know, you know, the, the thought I have is like, you are, kissed by the divine like you are that's uh, like one of the reasons i call my business the divine hand is because you really do have something on your hand that no one else has something completely unique Mm. something that i have never seen before in the thousands of hands that i've seen right great and it's so so yeah it's so cool right Hmm. we get to discover like what that is and the very rare type of thing that it is right Hmm. The the things and and there are things that are more or less rare and hmm. things that I have that are more um wow I've never seen something that like different or that um that combination in that spot or that combination yeah. or, th- or things that are that deep or that that marked on your hmm. on people's hands but I think the hands that really stick out like what are some of the hands that are really just like I'll never forget um, a woman that came in and she had um, some sort of, um, I guess, I don't know if this is a politically correct term or the, or the, the term that is preferred, um, preferred or, or mm-hmm. sensitive, but a physical um, deformity or defect. Her mother had taken the, the medication thalidomide which Mm. caused um, a birth deformity and so her hands were very very small and so she came to me for a palm reading and it was so it was such an honor to be able to read her hands Mm. and to you know see the amazing formations on her hands and so when someone has an anomaly or they have anatomy that is unique or that is different. And especially if it's something that they have been um, potentially um, ridiculed for, right. Or oppressed over. And they're willing to show that and to have me read that. I had such an honor. I feel so like Mm, um, trusted. Yes. Yeah. And, Mm. and yeah. And that, that, that was a really special experience to just be able to have her like her trust and faith and to that she felt my energy and that she, you know, we could have this really um, very intimate experience together. And so that, that was a really awesome, um, wonderful experience. So if you're a fiber enthusiast, 
you probably enjoyed this extra special moment from episode 11, Jim Learns to Knit. I don't think I'll ever think of a skein of yarn the same again. But can I just tell you, like, as though we're doing an unboxing, my little reaction to each thing? I want to know the impression from someone who didn't necessarily know what all the pieces were. That is especially interesting. (laughs) So first, there is this bit of yarn, which I don't remember. Is it a... Skank? Is it a ha- what is it's it? A, sk- a skank of yarn. <laughs> a skank of yarn. What is it? Is it a skein? Is it a hank? It's, uh, I'm just going to call it a, a skank. A so skank that, of yarn. So yeah. that it's either a skank, or, I mean, either a hank or a skein. Skank. I, I actually it, think that's good. That's probably appropriate. <laughs> now that a skank of yarn is in my knitting vocabulary for the rest of my life, Jim then went on to explain how he imagines things like yarn overs were actually invented by knitters. Were they excuses? I guess we'll never know. Yarn over is just equal to whole. Essentially, that actually is what it is. A whole. (laughs) A whole. So knitters, in order to make their everyday activities seem purposeful, make up words for mistakes. (laughs) That's what I think is happening. And I think they're calling it, oh, I meant... I meant to do that. It's called a yarn over. I'm amazing. I'm just a brilliant knitter. That was a yarn over. It was on purpose. Oh my gosh. In fact, I've worked it into my, in fact, I'm going to start working it into my patterns. You want to yarn over three times here so that you have a random hole in the middle of your sweater that you're knitting for your grandma. But you're going to call it a yarn over. so much. I think this, who's to say this is not how this happened? I honestly think like knitting probably just happened as an accident at some point. Like, well, we have these sticks. I'm cold. I got some yarn. I don't know. So, you know, things just happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so I'm- funny. <laughs> I always love it when Jim makes me laugh with a fun comment. This one in particular comes from episode 21 Wham Bam Pentagrams. Pentagram. Pentagram. Always sounds so like we have such a cultural norm for pentagrams to be like pentagram, pentagram. Yeah, it's tough or goth or hardcore or something. It's so goth. It's not just a star, right? Yeah. Oh, my goth. (laughs) Oh, my goth. (laughs) Our final featured moment with Jim comes from episode nine, Grounding and Centering. In this episode, Jim did an amazing impromptu meditation that we'll play for you now. This is a warning. If you are listening to this podcast while you're driving in the morning or in the evening and you might be prone to being sleepy, you might want to pause or skip to the end at this point. In which case, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. And if you're joining us for the meditation, take a deep breath and listen to the docile tones of James Devine. So what would be maybe like a quick little meditation that we could provide for people? There is a very quick meditation. And wherever you are as you're listening, you can Mm. do this along with me and Katie right now. So if you want to take a moment to pause and to get things ready for a 30-second, 45-second visualization, you could totally do that right now. Okay. Welcome now. (laughs) (laughs) So let's try it. So what we're going to do is take three breaths. I'm going to outline it first for you. The first breath, we're going to breathe into our center and we're going to feel our body. 
That's the inhale. The exhale, we're going to exhale down and imagine our pillar of light or our roots going down to the center of the earth and connecting profoundly with the earth. We're going to inhale, right? So we've inhaled into center, exhaled down into the earth. Then we're going to inhale up into our bodies. Every time we inhale, we're inhaling into our bodies, right? Mm. So we're going to imagine we're connected to the earth and then inhale up from the earth inhale that healing into our bodies. Then we're going to exhale, but this time we're exhaling up, mm. up into the sky, into the universe. And you can imagine branches, you can imagine a pillar of light, and you, we're going to connect profoundly with the universe and the wisdom of the universe. Then we're going to inhale down from the sky into the center of our bodies. And then finally exhale out from center. Mm. And so in those three breaths, we will have grounded and centered very quickly. Perfect. So I'll walk you through it and we're going to do it right now. All right, let's do it. All right. So first, just take a breath to expand your lungs and be ready. And now take a conscious inhale. And as you inhale, feel your body as you're seated or standing in whatever position you're feeling. And allow yourself then to exhale down into the earth. Imagine roots and a pillar of light with your exhale going easily down through the building and the earth into the center of the earth. And then inhale up from the earth. Inhale up and bring in healing and love and golden warm energy from the earth. And then exhale up to the sky. And imagine a pillar of lighter branches reaching out into the wisdom and the infinites of the universe. And then inhale down from the sky into your body and you bring in that wisdom, bring in that beautiful possibilities, feel your body, mix those energies and then exhale and relax. What a fun walk down memory lane that was. Thanks everyone for joining us on this extra special episode of Knit a Spell. I know I've had a ton of fun looking at our past episodes and have been extra inspired on what to do in our upcoming shows, especially as we plan out our 2022 season. Join us next week when we explore some of my best moments from 2021. And as always, don't forget you can find James Divine on Instagram at Divine Hand Jim and me at Light From Lantern. And don't forget to check out all of Jim's amazing offerings at thedivinehand.com and go ahead and check out some of my stuff over at lightfromlantern.com. We couldn't have made it this far without you guys. Thank you so much for your continued listenership. And if you have any future suggestions for episodes, go ahead and email us at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. This episode is a wrap. If you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. And don't forget, you can see full video episodes of Knit a Spell on Light from Lantern's YouTube channel. 